Hi, I'm Dr. Robin Roth, but my friends call me the Booby Docs. My popular social media account where I talk about breast cancer and breast health in an educational and fun way. I'm a board-certified radiologist who specializes in breast imaging and image-guided procedures. I'm also a 40-something Ashkenazi Jewish woman with a strong family history of breast cancer and BRCA, so I know a thing or two about breast cancer. And this is my podcast, The Girlfriend's Guide to Breast Cancer, Breast Health, and Beyond. If you or someone you love has been affected by breast cancer, this podcast is for you. Each episode, I sit down with top breast cancer experts, thrivers, providers, and those that love them to bring you the breast information. So get ready to learn, laugh, and let's be breasties. This podcast is not intended for medical advice. Please refer to your doctor with any symptoms or concerns you may be having. Thank you and enjoy the show. Guys, I am so excited to be joined by the incredible Shafe sisters, Lauren and Lindsay Schaefer, the TikTok superstars and owners of Shafe Apparel, who are using their story and platform to spread cancer awareness and change the world one TikTok at a time. Now, if you don't follow them on TikTok, here's what you're missing. Hi, happy Breast Cancer Awareness Month, baby! Breast cancer sucks, let's talk about it. If you're new here, here's the backstory. My grandma and her two sisters had breast cancer. My mom had breast cancer. My aunt had breast cancer. My dad died of colon cancer. Breast cancer and colon cancer are linked. That's a story for another day. And then two years ago, my sister got diagnosed with stage four breast cancer at the young age of 29. So my older sister was like, I've got three kids. She's 13 years older than me. I don't want to get cancer. I'm chopping my boobs off. So she went ahead and got a double mastectomy. They did a biopsy on the tissue that they took out. And guess what? There was precancerous cells there already, which means had she awaited any longer, she would have also had breast cancer. Woohoo! So naturally my doctors are worried about me. So they're like, let's get your genetic testing done. So then insurance can pay for your mammograms. Shocker, I have the check two gene. So I have to start getting early mammograms. Turns out my breast tissue is too dense for a mammogram to pick anything up. So I actually have to get MRIs every six months if I don't want to get a double mastectomy right away. That brings us to today when I had my MRI appointment. I did not know what an MRI even was, so I didn't know what to expect. I walk in, they're like stripped down naked, here's a gown. I'm like, oh, I thought you were just scanning my tits, but no, it's that tunnel thing that they push you into. It's like super claustrophobic. They're like, you're gonna be in there for 30 minutes. I had no idea. Here's the kicker. Breast MRIs are really fun because you actually lay on your stomach like Superman, like with your head, hands above your head, and there's holes for your tits. So you put your boobs into the holes and they hang down like towards the floor. You know that your boobs like aren't cute in that position. They're just like longly hanging there. And so yeah, the male technician that was taking the MRI photos of my breast got to look at them in that position for 30 minutes straight. Uh, I can't believe what my sister has to go through because she actually does have stage four breast cancer. She's in chemo every three weeks. She's always in doctor's appointments, always getting scanned. And just that one day sucked. So ladies, check yourself, stay on top of it. Cause the <laughs> breast cancer is out here out here. I know you're going to be as obsessed with them as I am. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be talking to you ladies today. Yay, we're, we're so excited happy. too. Where are you in the world? So I'm located in, in New Jersey, right oh, outside of Philly. Yeah. 
Okay, so when when you were saying Eastern, we're like, well, maybe she's somewhere else and just trying to make sure that we knew, you know, the right time. Where are you guys? We're in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, I for some reason thought you were like in Los Angeles or something. I know. Everyone <laughs> thinks that. That's so funny. People are always like, maybe we just look like we'd be from L.A., but no, we're down here. You should be in L.A. Like, are you <laughs> not a recording? Why are you not a famous singer yet? You're so funny. You have a following. I know. The industry is so crazy. I've been through so much. I am a big fan of your. You are like Thank waiting you. to be discovered. You are. Hopefully one day. After this, this will be your big yeah. break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, why don't why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourselves? Yeah. So I'm Lauren. I'm Lindsay. And we are the Shafe Sisters. Yes. We are two years apart. I am a singer, recording artist, and performer. I'm a skateboarder and fashion designer and cancer fighter. And we are besties we own shape apparel together and yeah that that's pretty much it <laughs> I, I love your sisterhood story and there's actually a third of you right as well yeah we have an older sister lisa she's amazing she's more a little bit more behind the scenes she's got three boys to take care of so i i understand that i've got three little kids so i'm i'm in line with her so so lindsay tell me a little bit how you came to be diagnosed with breast cancer that's a big part of your story yeah, definitely. So I want to say um, I was diagnosed in 2020, in February of 2020. But two years prior to that, I had fatigue, dizziness, bone pain, and I just wasn't feeling right or feeling like myself. And then 2020 comes around and I'm pushing for doctor's appointments. They think it's vertigo. They think it's anxiety. They think maybe it's depression and I'm telling them, hey, something is not right. There's a lot of pain here and I really do not feel like me. So after that, it's, um, you know, I go to the emergency room at four in the morning. They scan my bones because they thought I might have gotten hurt skateboarding and snowboarding. And that's when they told me, hey, this actually is none of those things we thought this entire time. It's actually cancer. It's breast cancer that has spread to 170 spots. What, and you were how old at the time? 29. Wow. Yeah. So what was that like getting the news? You know, you're coming in for com something completely unrelated and finding this out. Um, well, I to be honest, I thought I had kidney stones or something minor. And hearing that, I'll never forget the way I felt. I uh, It was like an over body feeling that I, I don't know, it's like faintish. And, you know, my family was there. I, I remember looking around the room and I didn't want to disappoint anybody that was sitting there. So I told the doctor, I said, okay, no problem. No tears, no crying. You know, I put my boxing gloves on right there and I said, it's time to fight this thing and go full force and never look back, you know? So what did your treatment look like after your diagnosis? So immediately that day they kept me in the hospital and they said, Hey, we've got to start aggressive chemotherapy for six months. You're going to lose your hair. You're going to lose your eyebrows. Everything is going to be different starting today right now. And we're going to start pills and all these other therapies. And I'm like, okay, like, let me, you know, get my bearings straight and let me look up some holistic treatments because I'm very into holistic treatment as well. And I want to make sure my diet's right. 
And right there, it was six months of harsh chemo followed by um, maintenance treatment that I get every three weeks still to this day. Wow. Mm -hmm. It was definitely a wild ride for our family from the outside looking in um, to see Lindsay go to the hospital so many times and be denied really um, turned away. And I don't want to, I don't want to be dramatic, but um, they would tell her, you know, you have anxiety or they would almost allude to, are you just here lying so that you can get drugs? Like, are these (laughs) symptoms even real? And looking back on it, you know, Lindsay is a skater. She definitely dresses really edgy. And, you know, we wondered, are these people just kind of profiling her and like, oh, she's probably just some random drug person that wants to come in and, and lie about her symptoms. Um, she was, they, no one ever listened to her. So seeing her that sick and then during the whole, you know, the chemo um, part of it, I mean, it was wild seeing her go from being so athletic and full of life to being really like almost like a skeleton of herself, just thin and, you know, the no hair and the pill. And to, to see her now looking so incredible, uh, it's just really amazing. But yeah, she never, um, she still doesn't cry about it. She never had like a freak out moment. You have such, you both had such a good attitude and it's really a testament to, you know, how you both were raised and the type of family you come from. So you brought up, it's not uncommon for young women to kind of come with symptoms and be dismissed. And unfortunately, I think that's, you know, one of the most important things we can do by sharing your story and telling anyone if if your body, something doesn't feel right in your body, you know, bring it to the attention of your doctor. And if they keep dismissing it, you know, maybe find another doctor or insist on imaging, you know, your body best. And it's so important that you listen to your body and you knew something was wrong. Yeah, that's huge. So you were 29. Did you at that point, did you have any strong family history of cancer? Yeah, we did. Um, Both of our parents had cancer, actually. So on our dad, our dad's side, he had colon cancer um, that spread to the brain. And then on our mom's side, do you want to talk about mom and Oh, Sarah? yeah. So um, our grandma and her two sisters had breast cancer when we were little. Uh, when we were teenagers, our mom had breast cancer. She got a double mastectomy. Uh, and then, like Lindsay said, five years ago, our dad passed away of colon cancer. And he did do the genetic testing. He does have the BRCA2 gene. Um, and then, you know, Lindsay was diagnosed. And then my sister, our older sister, Lisa, actually went ahead and got a prophylactic double mastectomy um, just to be safe because she does have three boys and she's like, I'm not dealing with this, you know, with this in our, in our family history. So when they biopsied the tissue after her surgery, they did find precancerous cells, which means if she would have gone much longer, she probably would have had it also. So our family history is strong. It's there. So Lindsay, did you have any genetic mutation at that point? Did they test you? Yeah. So as soon as they found out Um, they started treating and then they said, you know what, let's figure out if you have, um, one of the genes. So I got genetic testing. It tests for multiple genes and I have a couple. So like, I've got like more than the average person, I think. And, um, you do have the BRCA2. I do have BRCA2. Yep. And Lauren, you have a genetic mutation as well, right? I do. I don't have the BRCA2 gene. I have the CHECK2 gene. And so does our older sister, Lisa. Right. And that's an equally, I mean, that's a, 
equally important but less discussed uh, genetic mutation. And so what is that? I know you, I've, I've listened to your TikTok. You talked about that you're, you're not deciding to get the prophylactic mastectomy yet, but you did have an MRI recently. Yeah. So with our family history being so strong and having this gene, our, my, my doctor, my OBGYN mm-hmm. went ahead and told me I need to start getting my mammograms early and that I actually need to get checked every six months instead of every year just because, you know, they want to catch it. Um, but it turns out I have dense breast tissue and they're like, I don't even know if a mammogram can pick up, pick it up. So we're going to go ahead and just do the MRI thing. And I've never had an MRI. I've never really been sick or anything before. So it was quite an experience. Um, obviously worth it. You know, I was, it was, it was a shitty day, but, uh, it's nothing compared to what Lindsay has to go through all the time. So I would much rather go and do that every six months. Right. So, you know, for, for, for anyone who's listening that might have a genetic predisposition to cancer, you know, certainly we do more aggressive and earlier screening. So um, they might start mammography as early as age 30 and MRI as early as age 25. Um, Dense breast tissue, it's more common in young women and it does make it harder to see things. It's not useless. Like, you could still see calcifications and early signs of cancer. So I'm going to, the doctor part of me is like, yeah, you have to get the mammogram. Sometimes if you're really dense and very high risk, we'll add an ultrasound at that time. And then maybe six months later, typically we'll do the MRI. So that's always something to consider. But yeah, the MRI is a really, it's kind of a really hard test to, to um, go through. If we find something abnormal, then we have to buy it, see that. And that's a whole nother experience. So I, I hope you never experience that. I hope so too. And I think one day I probably will make the decision to get a prophylactic double mastectomy. Um, I do want to have children of my own and hopefully pretty soon. So, um, you know, I, I do want to maybe try to have that experience of breastfeeding and then maybe after the fact within my mommy makeover, go ahead and do, do a double. I think that sounds like a great plan for you. Yeah. Are they been doing like fertility stuff with you because of your genetics? Yeah. So I have PCOS also, um, which stinks, but she does. My, my OBGYN doesn't seem concerned about, about anything with me. Yeah. There are some things that I've, I actually interviewed a genetic counselor and they said that if you have like come from a strong line of cancer and they know your genetic mutation, they can actually like pick embryos that don't have the genetic mutation, which is something interesting. What? I know. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. So it actually is like, so if you know you have a genetic mutation and you don't want to pass it on to your children, that is something to consider. So just throwing that out there. Yeah. So, Lindsay, what has it been like living with stage four cancer at such a young age? How has it changed your perspective on everything? Um, It's definitely, it's not easy. Uh, It's difficult for sure. But the way that it changed my life, I would say it changed every aspect of it from the second that I wake up to the second that I go to bed. I'm still me. Um, I'm actually the best version of me because I'm eating healthy and I am taking such good care of myself that I feel great mentally. Um, physically it's harder though, because all of those treatments give you joint pain and muscle pains and my bones still hurt because they're still healing. 
And um, I'd say those are the biggest things. And then just the worry of, you know, what's next and, you know, not sure if the next morning you're going to wake up and there's going to be something there. And we're actually, you know, we're going through that right now. You know, um, I ha I just left the hospital today and I have a biopsy on, on Monday to check something out. So it, it's always a, a big, who knows what's next, you know? Yeah. Like living in fear from one scan to the next. I know we talk about anxiety, you know, the, the fear of having a test and what you might find from that test and biopsy as well. Yeah. This is the first time I've had the anxiety from about it, like waiting. Usually I'm like, okay, let's get this, you know, and, and I've been so headstrong and everything's been going uphill so great. And this is the first time I've been like, whoa, wait, <laughs> I'm a little scared, but at the same time, I know there's nothing that I can't do. So just got to keep fighting, you know? Where's What's your biopsy of on Monday? Um, on Monday, they are going to take a biopsy of a tumor that's in my right breast in the exact same spot that I was diagnosed in 2020. So my bones are clean, my organs are clean, but they did find um, a new tumor that just appeared. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, I'll be praying for you. Good luck with that. Thank you so much. So tell me a little bit about your TikTok. So the thing I love about you both is Lauren is the biggest advocate and and really promotes uh, breast cancer awareness in such a great way and is a singer and so talented. And the two of you together are really unstoppable. So thank you. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool. Technology is amazing. Social media is so amazing. We're so thankful for it. Um, but, you know, you asked about how much Lindsay has changed, you know, since her diagnosis. I think that plays a huge part into why we decided to use social media to push this message. Um, she kind of woke up and was like, I don't know how much time I have. And this sounds really morbid, but she's like, it's now or never. We have to follow our dreams. You know, we were made to do more in life and we need to get this message out there. We had always wanted to start a clothing line together. And when people see us, um, our, even our friends and family, but when people see us out and about together, they're always like, oh my God, it's so cool that you're sisters and you dress so differently, but you dress the same at the same time. Um, you guys should do something with that, you know? And so she was sick. She wasn't feeling good. She didn't look herself. We kind of waited until she started to feel a little bit better. Um, and I said, well, I think, I think the best way to get this message out there and and help people is to do it through TikTok just because things go viral so much quicker. And um, she said, okay, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. So um, the first couple of them, I, we just made it about our sisterhood. Like, you know, when you and your sister are opposites or whatever. And then I dropped the cancer bomb on people. I was like, you know, when, when, when your sister has stage four cancer, but she still looks like she's on a fashion show or whatever. And that actually went pretty viral. I think it got a couple million views on it. And we're like, okay, this is working. This is working. And then it wasn't until I realized that like controversy, controversy and hate can actually help you propel your following forward if you use it in the right way. So people were commenting on our TikToks, a lot of negative things, because of course, Lindsay does have a masculine appearance. She's very androgynous and, um, you know, not everyone is okay with that. And, you know, especially because I'm over the top feminine, girly girl, um, 
people had a lot to say about that. And so I chose a random comment, you know, random mean comment about her looking like a boy. And <laughs> I made this TikTok. It only took me a few minutes to make it. I love that TikTok. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually put it in here so that people could hear it because it's beautiful what you say. Okay, great. Awesome. Yes. You guys have to stop telling me that my sister is my brother. I was there when she was born. Do you live under a rock? Have you never seen an androgynous woman with a shaved head? It's 2020, honey. Women can wear whatever they want. Oh, but for the icing on the cake, she actually has cancer and her hair was down to her waist before chemotherapy. Good thing she looks better with it shaved. I hope typing this made you feel cool. So that's the TikTok. That is the, the TikTok that that really launched our brand. So um, when when I filmed it, I... Lindsay and I, I'll never forget, we were shopping for our nephews for back to school clothes. And I had it on my phone and I was like, hey, I made this and I want you to watch it and I want you to approve it and let me know if it's okay. And she watched it and she was kind of silent and she watched it again and she watched it again and she's like, okay, yeah, you can <laughs> post it. And I said, are you sure? Because I have a feeling that when I hit this button, it, our whole lives are about to change. Yes, I literally said that. I said, I don't know she why. Did. I remember. I had a feeling in my gut, and I'll never forget. I said the exact words, this is going to get like 15 million views on it. And it did. It got exactly 15 million views on it. <laughs> I just get chilled even the song, the words you chose, and like the footage. <laughs> it was it was literally perfection. You deserve all the, the the attention that you got from this. Thank you. That was the launch of the brand. That know? was the launch of the brand. So I want to get to the brand. But before I do, so Lindsay, your gender identity, this has become a big part of your platform, right? It's a big piece of who you are. So you're born female, identify female, but you, you dress androgynous and you're also dating a woman. What's that like, especially going through breast cancer, it's like a very feminine cancer, you know? Yeah, that's a good question. It's it's interesting. Um, people have always said, sir, or, you know, on accident, you know, no one is typically hateful unless it's the internet and they can just be that way. But I don't know. I've always been this way, though. It's not like one day I woke up and I was like, oh, I want to dress this way. I mean, I was just talking to my partner, Taylor, and I was telling her like, man, in the fifth grade, me and my best friend had to go to the Sockob, which is like some dance <laughs> And we had to go and, and I was thinking about this because I was looking through old pictures and there's a there's a picture of my best friend and she's wearing like the, you know, like the pink lady's dress skirt with like the poodle on it or whatever. And then there's me and I'm I'm wearing like the greaser, like leather jacket. I have the bandana on and stuff. And that was fifth grade to a, to a school, like the very like graduation school dance kind of thing. And I remember walking in and that was the first time that people were like, wait, like, why aren't you wearing a dress? And I think it's just always been that way. So then I got used to it at a really young age. I've, you know, it, it doesn't bother me in, in any type of way. It's, I think I just rather show the world that you can kind of do what you want and people are going to say stuff, but um, live your best life every day. You know, I think it's a, ultimately it's about respect. And I, the fact that Lindsay is a woman and she's like, yeah, I, I'm a woman, like I might have a shaved head and I might wear streetwear and I might be really athletic, but like, I'm a woman. 
in the same way that people respect the pronouns of like somebody is like, oh, I want to be they, them or whatever. I think that you should also just respect the fact that somebody also is just okay with looking androgynous, but still going by she, because that's what she wants. So just let her be a girl. <laughs> She's a girl. Yeah, it's all a personal choice. I mean, and you, I, I love that you knew yourself so well, even back in the fifth grade, before it was even like more mainstream. Like, I'm happy that we're talking about gender pronouns now and, and having these conversations because it is important. Oh, in the 90s, it was completely different. I mean, and it was before fifth grade. We have a photo of oh, Lindsay yeah. when she was three years old for Halloween. She dressed as a Harley Davidson biker and I was like a ballerina. And she asked my dad to paint a beard on her. And she's three years old. So she really has always been like, and I have to give it up to my parents as much as they, um, you know, as, as, as much as they're not perfect, I think for them handling that in the nineties, they did an amazing job of embracing your individuality and, and your creativity. There definitely was not that many people that were the same as me then, but now it feels like, and maybe that's because we live in Atlanta, that it's completely normal like it's normal for the most part depending on where you go is your shaved head because that's how you choose or it's because of chemotherapy or a little bit of both it's because of chemo so i had long hair down to my hips long black hair long wavy huge hair like i had a lot of hair i had, I had more hair than anybody that i know yeah. And then the chemo, you know, it just came out and I look cool with a shaved head too. And I've always wanted to shave my head, but everyone's like, but then people are really going to call you, sir. And I, that's really what kept me from it, you know? Yeah. So. Um, no, you, you rock it totally. Uh, so tell me about Shafe Apparel and why this is so meaningful for you both. Shafe Apparel is Lauren and I's brand. Our last name is Schaefer. Our dad's nickname was Shafe. So short of his last name, Chafe. And what better way to honor him than a fashion streetwear line? It's everything he was into. He loved fashion, shoes, and I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. By the way, Lindsay, Lindsay's been at the hospital all day today. And she was like, she's like, Lauren, I have chemo brain. I don't know how we're going to do a podcast. <laughs> Uh, I, didn't, I didn't want to switch the day. I didn't want to switch She's the like, day. it's so late. Oh my gosh. Like, how are we going to do Sorry. this? You're doing great. Just letting you know. So I already, I can feel her energy because we're just so close. I can feel her energy. She looks over me. She's like, I don't know. Take it from here. Take it <laughs> over. <laughs> sister signal. She's like losing it. Yeah, it's a sister signal. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming here after that. But No, yeah, I'm fine. It's just, what you know how... Anybody who has cancer knows that when it hits a certain point, you're kind of like, woo, like what's going on? And then she knows when I feel that way. Oh, and it just hit me. It. Like, and I was like, uh, like, anyways, <laughs> take it from here. My brain hurts. It's been a very long emotional day. Um, you know, where we were not, we were not expecting for her to have a, a new tumor. So we're definitely a little yeah. caught off guard right now, but oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's okay. You're actually the first person to know. Nobody else knows. Yeah. So. Hey, but we're educating people, you know? Yeah. You're going to rock it, whatever it is. Absolutely. She's, she's going to kill it. We're, we're going to figure it out. But, um, but yeah, so about our clothing line. So like I said, we always wanted to do this and we did name it after our dad. Um, and it's it's a clothing line for fighters. It is a breast cancer line because that is our message. However, 
uh, as we stated, Lindsay is not necessarily the girliest girl in the world and pink is not her color. Okay. So we think about breast cancer and the first thing you think is pink, 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 pink. Well, guess what? Not everybody that gets diagnosed with breast cancer is a girly girl. So why can't we start a brand for fighters? Um, and it, it goes the same thing with the LGBTQ plus community. Lindsay told me, girl, I am not a rainbow person. Like, I love you, but like, I'm not wearing right. We went to Pride last weekend. And I am decked out in rainbow head to toe. I'm like, whoa, like, I can't wait to wear rainbow. Lindsay's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm wearing my regular clothes. And she's not who she is. So why can't we start a brand that promotes those things that's just simply cool and edgy? Uh, so we did. And we really wanted to be a light in the streetwear industry. We wanted to be have positive messaging. Uh, just because, you know, sometimes I think it's really cool in streetwear and music to be kind of dark and dirty and all these things. And actually, we're really not like that. We're like, I don't know, like puppy dogs or something. We're like, no, we just wanted to spread love and smiles and sweetness. So so we that's what we wanted to do. And um, we're very thankful because it had not only from TikTok and Instagram, our friends, our family. Um, but we have caught the attention of Zoomies retailer and we're in over a hundred and probably 30 of their stores now. That's incredible. All right. I just want to talk a few minutes about breast cancer and the LGBTQ community. Plus besides the fact that they face biases everywhere, right? Walking into the breast cancer center and, you know, everything from the forms are outdated with pro there. We don't ask gender pronouns. We might ask when your last menstrual period is. And for someone who's transgender, they have to face all these, you know, things that are not tailored for them. And they're, they're more late to be diagnosed with breast cancer. And they're, they usually have worse outcomes often because their symptoms are dismissed. Um, or they have trouble getting the right kind of care. A lot of doctors aren't educated about it as well as, you know, in, in, in cisgender women. Um, so it is a really important topic. Do you experience biases yourself in breast cancer, do you think? Yeah, so it, it, it started actually uh, six months before I was diagnosed. I fainted because I had cancer in my entire body and they said it was anxiety and I fainted. The ambulance comes to pick me up and they would not put me in the ambulance until I told them what drugs I was on. And I'm, and I was standing there and I'm like barely standing there. And I said, I, I've never done drugs a day in my life. And you could test me now. I, I need care. Something happened. I fainted my body gave out on me and I don't know what it is. So it started, um, I started to realize it then. And because I'm in action sports, any other time I was in the doctor, it was like a broken arm or something serious. And they're like, well, yeah, that actually happened. Like your arm is definitely broken. But with this, you can't see it. You can't see cancer. So, um, you know, telling them that and, and then getting into the hospital, they're like, oh, you were just dehydrated. And Ever since then, it, another six months went by of just being judged and getting into the emergency room. And I had to actually tell the lady at the front, I will not accept any pain pills or Tylenol. I'm not here for any of that. And I'll write it down on paper and sign it. Can you please take me to the back? Something is wrong. And that is the first time. And that's what it took 
to get my diagnosis and my x-rays. And it's crazy because I mean, I'm clean cut and everything. It's just the way that I dress and I'm a girl and they were thinking, and you know, I am, my partner brought me to the ER and it's, it was always just kind of, I was judged and I don't understand why. Um, and it does make you wonder if that's why, you know, and maybe it is just a fashion thing. Like, oh, come on, you streetwear girl. Like, you're just, I don't know. But I but I, I will say, you know, being her sister, I, I could see there, there's been instances where I feel she was treated differently than maybe I was. Right. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think that doctors and, you know, everyone in the hospital comes with biases, unfortunately. And. Um, yeah, it's something that it's an extra obstacle you have to overcome. Unfortunately, I'm glad you f- fought for your, the, you know, you knew that you needed to fight for the correct care. So kudos to you. Yeah. And I hope that other people do. And it's just I advocate for your health and get out there. And if you feel something's wrong, you need to be extremely specific and, you know, write it down, bullet point it and let somebody know. Yeah, Totally. So, Lindsay, what's your best advice to someone who's been diagnosed with breast cancer? Never give up. And you're capable of so much more than you know. And you've got to start with mind, body, and soul. Clean up everything around you before you can be clean internally. Whether that's your areas that you spend time, your office, your car, whatever it is, your bedroom. Clean up everything around you, your friends, your family, and only surround yourself with things that make you happy and push you forward and challenge you to be the best version of yourself because you don't want to be drugged back at all during a time like this. So you got to get out there. you got to fight, but you got to clean up your surroundings first. I love that. And, and Lauren, what's your best advice to someone who's watching a loved one battle cancer? I think... The best thing that you can do for a loved one who has cancer is just listen. I think a lot of times we want to give advice or we want to ask too many questions and that can get really irritating. I'm not going to name the family member that does that with our family. But what I've learned is that If Lindsay's feeling a certain type of way, her feelings are valid. So I don't need to question it. I just need to listen. And if she's afraid, I just need to accept that she's afraid. I can try to comfort her, but really, like, I'm not in her shoes. So I don't know what it feels like to be scared or to be tired. So as much as, you know, you want to, well, everything's going to be okay. You know, your scans, are good. it doesn't matter because I'm not in her shoes. So all I can do is just be there. And sometimes <laughs> the best thing is just like the presence because her and I spend quite a bit of time together in silence <laughs> and we're really happy doing that. Like maybe we're working on something and then we zone out and she's on her computer. Maybe I'm laying on her couch in silence and then, Oh, anyways, or sometimes we call each other on the phone when we're driving and we're not even talking, but we can just hear the other person breathing on the, 
<laughs> on the other side. Oh my God, you guys are obsessed. <laughs> no, we're not. No, no, we're not like weird. You know, we're not like obsessed with each other. But <laughs> but it's more just like I don't know, like the comfort of knowing that someone is there. Uh, yeah, and and I think sisters is it's interesting because you really are the only person that knows them like from a baby like that so maybe you feel like you can really be yourself you know and and say and do whatever um there's a comfortability thing I think but have you guys gotten closer after her breast cancer diagnosis yes yeah I love that I think our entire family has gotten closer and from an outsider looking in you know on Lindsay and her life um as far as like the LGBTQ side of things with her and relationships and stuff. Actually, we didn't really talk about it much before she was diagnosed. And I think, um, I don't know if there was like maybe shame or feeling like just weird about talking about it, but it's funny because after her diagnosis, oh my God, I know everything about her and her relationship. I know like every little stupid tip, like I'm in their house right now. Like, they, like she's so open about it. And I think it's cool um, that maybe like you only live once, like F it. I'm, I'm going to just be me and I'm going to be more me than I've ever been. And I think that's made all our entire family closer. Totally. I, uh, Lindsay, there was a speech that I'm going to try to pull that you gave when a, a few days ago, I'll play the whole thing. My baby sister and best friend, Lindsay, was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. Yeah, that's right. By the time they caught it, it had already traveled to over 100 bones in her body. Now, of course, the doctors gave us the devastating news that typically somebody that far in the game only has about six months to live. But I have some amazing news for you guys. <laughs> Lindsay is here with us today. The first one is always advocate for your health. That is so important because there are so many people that have symptoms that are scared to speak up. You have to let your family, your friends, and your doctor know so that you can get the care that you need. The second one is don't waste time. Time is precious. Nobody here knows how much time they have. So don't waste any seconds in your day not being yourself. And lastly, which is so important, is follow your dreams. Who here has a dream? Woo! Don't waste time not being you and always follow your dreams because you don't know how much time you have. Woo! Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I think it's probably the one where that Lauren and I always say is, is don't waste time not being you because you don't know how much time you have. So always be yourself and no matter where you are, uh, if you can't be yourself somewhere, you have no business being there. That's a great, that's a great lesson for everybody listening. So tell me a take home message for young women and listening about their breast health. Anything that you want to impart on them? Yeah, I think the biggest is early detection is extremely helpful and taking care of yourself and listening to your body and the way that you feel, whether that's mental health or physical health, and take action immediately. There's no point in waiting six months to get something done. 
take immediate action and make it happen. You want to feel your best every day. Health is the best thing you have. It's better than anything. Like it is way more important than money or anything that's tangible. Health is the answer. 100% agree. Sometimes it takes losing that health, you know, to, to really understand that. Yes. Um, Lauren, will you grace us with a, with your voice before we leave? Oh my gosh, what do you mean? Like sing something? Yeah, I don't know. I'm obsessed. I, you are, I love when you like take the Katy Perry song and make it like sultry. And <laughs> You're so sweet. I actually just left a show. I had a show at a hotel here in Atlanta and I didn't get done until eight o'clock. And then I had to pa- pack up my gear, get in the car, drive 30 minutes here and then get on this. So I actually just sang the let for three hours before this. <laughs> So that means you're all warmed um, up and you're ready to go. Oh my gosh, I don't know what I would I don't know what I would possibly sing. Sorry to put you on the spot. Do you do like do you do like an unholy like an unholy cover? Oh my gosh. Yes, and I'm about to post I'm about to post I rewrote it and like the perspective of the girl and I'm about to post it. Can you give me a sneak? Yeah, actually. This song but from your bestie's perspective. I don't know who needs to hear this, but... I love it. I've never heard that. I'm so glad I caught you before you're like crazy famous. I'm going to be like, I told you. You're so sweet. (laughs) Well, I love you both. I really, you have such good energy and your relationship is beautiful. And thank you for all you do and sharing your story and really spreading the message to a community that might not have otherwise heard it. So. Uh, absolutely well we're happy to be here thank you for having thank us we you. love you too oh we're God. glad we could connect me too can't wait to uh to put this out yeah yeah we thank can't wait to so hear much. it Lindsay. best of luck with your biopsy on monday thank you it's gonna be great i just know i'm gonna get good news good vibes but, only yeah yep. that's right all right take care you too go get some sleep okay good night thank good night. you bye It is absolutely no surprise that that TikTok went on to get over 12 million views. And unfortunately, Lindsay's breast biopsy came back as a breast cancer recurrence. So she will be undergoing a bilateral mastectomy with aesthetic flat closure immediately. We are wishing Lindsay the breasts of luck and she's going to keep on fighting beautifully as she has up to this point. You can keep up with the Shave Sisters at TikTok at Lauren Schaefer, L-O-R-E-N, S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R, Lindsay Schaefer, L-I-N-D-Z-E-Y, and at Schaefer Apparel. You are welcome in advance. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed this conversation or learned something new, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review and help spread the word. If you tell me you did, I'll give you a big virtual smoocheroo. And of course, make sure you follow me across all social media platforms at The Booby Docs for more of the breast information. 
And a huge thank you to my podcast producer, Christian Cubeta, an amazing medical student who also wrote and produced the music for the show. Take it away, Christian. Christian. 